Hello, this is John Renaud, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. Check us out, Uncommon Genius for the Common Types. Hi, this is Grace Solero, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival. Fantastic. I thank you so much for that introduction, Grace. It's fantastic to talk to you. I'm looking forward to it. You are one of those uh, rock stars. I'll call you a rock star. Hopefully you're comfortable with that. That is just so fascinating to me. Um, I'm sure oftentimes you get labeled that you're a really fantastic female rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a very compelling voice and a very compelling presence. Um, where, first off, where is it that you're located? Where, where do you reside? Um, in London, United uh-huh. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And is that a place you, is that where you're originally from? No, I moved to London because I wanted to form a band. So what happened a few years ago, I moved from Italy, originally I'm from and um, Yeah, and so I put an ad in a club and I was looking for a guitarist. So a fellow from San Francisco (laughs) replied to my my ad and uh, I got an email and um, actually, no, it's the other way around. Oh God, what am I talking about? Oh, I got it completely wrong because normally okay. I would put ads. I would put ads in like uh, all these kind of um, uh, magazines or stuff, looking for a guitarist. But in this case, he uh, put an ad. Dan oh, put an ad saying guitarist from San Francisco available for collaborations. So I responded to that ad, which was the first time. In fact, normally I would put an ad and people would respond to my ad. So in this case, it was the other way around. And um, yes, yeah, so I responded to the ad I emailed him and then we met up the first time and uh, it was um, yeah it was just um, uh, very quick in like we, we kind of found ourselves having you know different backgrounds of course but liking the same kind of music so I remember jamming for for a, probably about two hours the very first time <laughs> it nice. was really good I know it just we, we hit it off it just was really easy and um, so that's the beginning of the band. So I'm kind of curious, to be honest, because mm. you, I, there's an mm. who's in England. There's mm-hmm. a Calif- Californian who's in England. Yes. Is, where's the bass player from? Oh, he's from Sweden. Oh, there we go. And where's the drummer from? <laughs> no, the drummer is from Wales, which is an, um, uh, one of the um, four nations of the UK. So he's technically it's UK but recently he relocated to Spain so he's actually traveling to and fro for gigs and uh, lots of things that's so interesting it's very international and you know perhaps that's why your vibe is kind of its own thing I think it's it's obviously in music you know people can be boxed into certain styles and certain genres and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure I think uh the you guys basically avoid Everything I've kind of seen, the way that you guys promote yourselves or the way that you're reviewed, you do seem to kind of not be pigeonholed into a um, set genre, per se. What would you consider what you do? Um, Well, we always say we do rock. Right. um, I think that's fair. Because that's what it is. But yeah. um, the, the fact that we are not, you know, easy to categorize, let's say, yeah. it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> because <laughs> because it, it makes it a little bit kind of stand out in a way from the conventional rock band. 
On the other hand, it's hard for for I don't know for labels, for instance, you know, to to say, okay, what what, what are these guys? I mean, they are rock, but they are not the rock, you know, that you would think of. So yeah, um, I think I would say alternative rock, but I'd say rock, and yeah, uh, that's what it is. I would agree. I, I just think that it, the other thing too is, um, don't you think that's kind of a new phenomena that? that happens. I know, uh, in, in having my hand in Pluto radio, a lot of bands run into this thing where we don't really know, uh, how to, how to pitch ourselves per se to the old idea of a record company, but there's, there's an emergence of a, a ton of people who are basically like the music molds. You play it the way you feel like playing it. And yeah. there's a lot of artists that just do that, you know, and I think it's actually healthier for the music. Like if, if you were pigeonholed, you people would come up to you and say, no, 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 your music has to remember your music has to be mm -hmm. like this. So isn't there like a built in freedom to what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, whatever we produced so far, let's say it, it's always, you know, it comes from our personal inspiration. We're not really yeah. following any any rules let's say i think that's why there is a variety of uh, of songs and also i think the beauty is because uh, when, when i started the project when i moved to london because i wanted to to form a band of course the first person i looked for was a guitarist not any guitarist but a guitarist who i consider a great guitarist because um i wanted to have someone who was able to play all sorts of different genres and, and 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 that's you know what happened with dan so with yeah. dan it's very easy to play anything from folk to you know totally acoustic and with lots of nice subtleties and 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 then the kind of more straightforward rock so same for for the drummer and the bass player but um yeah i i think when i moved here i had a bunch of songs with, which i had written and that was uh, the beginning but then dan and i also started writing uh, co-writing and also, the, the latest stuff is co-written as a band, which is really cool because uh, normally the bass player and the drummer are a little bit like, uh, oh, well, no, we're playing what you guys say, whatever. But then this latest album um, is kind of, there is also more of the four of us. And I'm really, really pleased with that. So there is, you're saying basically it started off with you and the guitar player. And then um, as things progressed, the other, the, the rhythm, your rhythm section basically realized like, Hey, this, we're good fits for this. And we're going to actually be a little more engaged is kind of what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah, well, I was, I was actually tricking them. I cannot trick them because what happens is they, they know, okay, well, she writes the songs, whatever. Oh, they would right. just play uh, Oh, Dan writes, oh, whatever. So this time I actually press record on my little boss recorder, which I have here in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, while we were kind of, we were jamming, and, and that's how uh, basically, you know, the, the, when I listened back once we finished and then, you know, the, then we met again and say, hey, guys, I listened back to this thing. Oh, oh, this sounds really cool. So it's just they didn't even know. They didn't know that they could be songwriters. <laughs> and that's how I'm happy. No, I understand. And, and, and in particular, when we went to uh, France, uh, there was uh, when we co-wrote Lucy Dream, which is one of the singles we just released. Same thing there. There I had my mobile phone. And, um, you know, they, they were on stage. I wasn't on stage. They were trying just, just instrumental, let's say. So I literally started singing on, on something that Dan studied a guitar riff. The, the drummer started playing along and saw the bass player. And I started singing a melody. And that turned out to be the melody that was kept. And everything was kept as that kind of jam happened so impromptly. Right. Uh, so, yeah. That, but as I said, this is like 
they weren't really no they weren't aware that what was happening yeah uh, <laughs> which is even better probably because we weren't trying oh okay we need to come up with something no it just came out and and that was it yeah, it makes it that much more organic. I think is what you're what yeah. you're referring to. That's very cool. I know your your music is is interesting because it's it it's very driven. Um, yet at the same time, there's a there's there's often like a lightness or or almost um, a psychedelicness about mm-hmm. it. Or uh, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to necessarily like say a hippie vibe to it, but maybe that's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it's a really interesting mix, but it is. I do know when I hear your songs, it there is a drive to it, and I think it it, it probably comes from the interaction you're talking about. But mostly, I suspect it comes from your singing style. So where where did you learn to sing the way that you sing? <laughs> oh my God, that's a big question. Um, okay, I've always well i always sang as as a kid uh, in in my family i'm the youngest so my elder um elder brother he was playing um, keyboard at the time so i started singing for the fun of it really and then i wanted to discover more simply because i enjoyed so much singing and uh, so i took lessons from an opera singer when i was about 15 yeah. that was for a short period of time because of course you know it's it's opera is completely different from pop and uh, rock music uh, from non-operatic singing so it, yeah it's i don't know it's something that i kind of i've always been passionate about you know searching and researching but that was a natural thing i had to do uh to express myself and i think i consider singing is like one thing with the whole body so it's the whole bo- the whole body that sings it's not right. just always so i've done you know different things i've done theater done contemporary dance everything that was um, something that you know could uh, give me a chance to express emotions let's put it that way so the singing was like uh, in time i was experimenting a lot with my voice i have to say especially when yeah after leaving the operatic let's say training which was a few months not longer than a few months I found myself like not able to sing anything non-operatic at that point. Right. So that was really odd. And then I did the school of drama and then, you know, I, I had a chance to, as I said, um, start singing jazz. So I, I kind of landed uh, and ended up doing what is considered rock. But I, I really i have sung all sorts of different things. And, and I'd say probably jazz was the starting point. So all the Brazilian music and um, and then the proper standard jazz um, and then what else? Oh, funk, and then soul. I, I, I've, I've tried all, all genres, and, and, and every time was trying my own way. Let's say um, I didn't have a proper teacher who told me, "Oh, this is you now soul music. You have to sing it this way." So I don't know. I suppose that's how I ended up singing the way I. Sing. Yeah, I think I can. I, it's interesting because I think the point of of becoming a musician or in this case a singer is to be to find your own way of voicing material you also have the benefit of writing your own material so you can tend to write it the way your phrasing naturally fits right you don't take a song that's a little uncomfortable for you and figure out how to do it right Mm -hmm. um but i i end up kind of the same way i i have a i have a very strong voice and it has an edge to it and so i i don't tend to be satisfied a lot of times if i'm not utilizing Mm -hmm. all of that and yeah. I find personally, sometimes it's like, dude, I, I should just settle down and, and slow down and maybe 
maybe maybe just kind of use my voice in a different way um mm. you you tend to do it though i think you because it, like i say some of your material is soft might be the wrong word to use but mm -hmm. you'll have a softened edge to to your vocal presentation uh, i mean you do have a very edgy vocal quality would you not agree yeah yeah oh definitely yes i think um you know going back to even when i sing let's say cover songs which you know i i do also it, it i'm always very recognizable <laughs> because right. i always sing in my way it just i couldn't do it differently um and, and so i think i'm always like a bit reckless when i sing you know i kind of um reach my limit almost what, what was almost impossible to do for me i mean i reached the limit of my limits let's say now i do the if same thing sense. like if i'm doing a cover it's the same thing because it, it's um i don't know that i i couldn't try to do it the way the original artist did it it's just yeah. a lot of times i look at like you know i i have a baritone voice so a lot of times i have mm -hmm. to change the key anyway mm -hmm. or i have to sing parts in falsetto yeah. um you know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to look at it and go, well, what's the point of me doing this song? You know, uh, so-and-so already did it. People already know it that yeah. way. Is that part of it to you? It's like an adventure. If you take oh, on yeah. someone else's song. It is an adventure. And, and, yeah. and the funny thing is like, I always tend to sing uh, songs um, that have been recorded by men rather than women. Yeah. I mean, that was the beginning for me when I started doing some cover songs, I would uh, always pick songs sung by men because I didn't want to have any sort of um, immediate comparison for my own self, not uh, really for having that kind of freedom, not being conditioned why oh i hear a female song singer do it that way and then i obviously tend to um so yeah it is an adventure definitely and, and it's, it's very exciting it's like you reach this level of um i don't know it's like what do you call it it's like like someone running wild it's like you feel like pump your heart pumps up you know sometimes right. <laughs> it's so funny it's like I, I i feel like i've been racing it's crazy especially when i do live performances but sometimes in the studio that's really interesting it's the whole body as i said it participates in, in producing an emotion and a sound you know so you sing with the whole body and and then sometimes yeah when i finish recording a session uh a, a song let's say then I kind of breathe out and I feel my heart pump, 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 right. pump. That tells me that probably I did a good job. <laughs> how does it, how does it work if it's a softer song? I mean, you're still incorporating your whole body, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of your catalog is just rock and roll. So it's got that heightened mm -hmm. energy to it. Does it still, is it exhausting in a different way if it's one of your softer tunes? Well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you feel that it's really tiring when, when you record, especially it depends, you know, some things are really quick to record, but when you're in the zone and you just, you know, in, in that story, you're telling a story through your lyrics and, and through the melody, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels like it doesn't matter if it's, if it's, if it's a ballad or a slow song or let's say, but the energy is still there. So in different ways, of course, emotional, that you're still there. Right. So of course you have to be a hundred percent. So, yeah. So I think, uh, well, now would be a great time to put on one of your songs. I'd like to start, uh, with Awake, if mm -hmm. that sounds good yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah, All right. yeah, sure.
is uh, a fantastic song and i i will also point out on the video i kind of get what you're saying about the physicalness that you like 
to um, interject into your music. I can assume from seeing the video what you're talking about, which I recommend our listeners go and check out your your videos because they're visually I, they're very cool. They're just they're cool. You got a band that's playing that they look like um, you know solid guys who are playing, but they also have this like '60s rock vibe going. And um, yourself, of course, but you it's a bit artful the way that you do your videos are you the primary person who puts them together does someone assist you in that how does it, how do your videos come together um right well normally i'd say um i have a few friends and and it's all um in, in you know in-house let's say there's there's nothing let's say we're not paying expensive video makers at all in fact <laughs> um this specific video um as um, a friend of ours unfortunately director of the video passed away oh i'm sorry to hear that yeah he had cancer so when we shot this video we knew already so he said guys i want to do something with you and for you because it's something that you're gonna have forever so that was a very very nice thing of him and that's kind um, of a swan song for the the gentleman yes yeah yes exactly and so um, yeah so we went to wales which is as i said uh, one of the for nations of, of the UK. Um, and of your band. And, yeah, and, and my, <laughs> our basis is from Wales. Yes, exactly. But I mean, you have, you have a four-nation band. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah, four-nation band. <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, so yeah, we traveled there, and then the concept was discussed, obviously, you know, and we all went together um, hunting for, for the right clothes, and, 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 and a friend of mine helped a little bit with the styling, um yeah so that's um, i did my own makeup so there wasn't anything as i say it's, it's pretty much us doing everything in terms of preparing things and agreeing you know that we were shot in, in front of this uh, sort of caravan gypsy caravan yeah and a friend of ours and uh, she's a shaman and so she traveled um, you know with us to do this shamanic ritual that is part of the video so yeah, that's kind of the story uh, of a week. <laughs> it is one of those things that I noticed. Um, my my band's name is the Electric Shamans, so I'm I'm always oh, a little wow. yeah I'm always a little <laughs> like attuned to when I see uh, like shamanistic images in videos and music videos and things like that. And it, obviously, there's an attraction I think for the artistic spirit and brain to kind of go that way. Mm. Um, is that is that part of your personality? Is that part of something that you kind of feel happens in your world that you're a bit a bit mystical? Yes, definitely. And um, I think, well, I, I consider myself a spiritual person in terms of uh, being very extra sensitive to you know omens and things happening around me. And I think Dan, a guitarist, is very similar to me in that respect. I think that's why we hit it off immediately as well. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that is definitely part of the way I see life, I'd say. And I believe in healing and, you know, self-healing and all these kind of things. So, and maybe it's not a coincidence that we are talking, you and me today. Very <laughs> so, true. Yes. Very so, true. Yeah. Do you also, when you um, write music, is that, because I actually oftentimes have no idea where the hell my thing comes from, 
right? Yes. And so in a strange way, a lot of times I can think in terms of, I guess that's why I came up with the, that is the name of the band, because it's a little bit like I'm pulling the idea. I like, I just, it's there. I just have to mine it or I just have to figure out what it is. Are you that way? Or do you write when you write your material? Is there a different system in which you use? No, I pretty much um, start hearing something in my head i don't even have an instrument and um so yeah i just i don't know i get this whatever thing is it called inspiration i don't know whatever yeah. you want to call it but but it is like that i mean most of the time i literally don't know what i'm doing in terms yeah. like grab a guitar and i started strumming and i started singing and the melody whoosh straight away kind of literally comes out and and because I normally I, I know myself, so I record everything quickly on a phone. If if I feel that, I don't know. I feel a sense of joy. There is something inexplicable, but it's a sensation I feel inside. So it means that I'm attuned to myself in that moment, I suppose. And so yeah, that tells me that there is something in there. Then and when I go back to listen, then of course yeah, I see. Oh, okay, yeah, this is something actually. Yes. And is it for me a lot of times it, it comes like I, I know I have a full idea, but I don't quite understand what it is. Hmm. It, it, it's kind of like exactly what you're talking about, but I'm just going a little further where it's just like, okay, because uh, someone around me might go, well, you know, what what is it? And I'm like, I don't really know. I just know that here's the thing I'm starting with, but I know it's there. Mm -hmm. Does mm -hmm. it kind of work the same way with you? Yeah. I mean, it depends. Obviously, all songs are different. As you know, yeah, that's true. But the, the best examples are, well, a song that I wrote pretty much in one go, one of the soft, <laughs> exactly, songs, The Woman by the River. That song, for instance, I woke up in the morning, and the, the story is I went to see a friend of mine who was playing at the time in a very well-known band, metal band from Norway, and and super, like, you know, double kick, and blah, 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 super frantic, you know, metal right. music. I have um, and stuff like that so I woke up in the morning and I literally I got out of bed and I started singing this melody and I grabbed the guitar and just did it I mean it's 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 really odd uh, that was a response that very gentle song to what I you know heard right. before I don't know that's crazy and another example is uh, uh, yeah on the bus I didn't have any instrument I was on the bus was just looking around and just just sitting and relaxing i suppose that that's it i got hit by this melody and i kept singing it singing it until you know i got home and i actually re recorded it so yeah i don't know it's, it's it's really strange um yeah it is you know i only bring it up because it, a lot of times that's the way it works for me and, and it seems like like if even if like we just played awake the next song i'll be putting on in just a bit is like lucid dream Mm -hmm. Right. So there's there, there did seem to be a sense of of mysticism involved in in your art. That's, I guess, why I was bringing it up. So what, like Lucid Dream, where where did that particular song arise? Um, OK, that's the song I mentioned that came out of this um, jam. We had I mean, sound check, let's say we had in, in France, a place called Sedan. So the guys were on stage and, and then started the guitar riff and then, you know, bass player and drummer followed. And I was there singing this melody, literally. Um, and that's most of the melody that was kept. Um, so that, that's the story of the music. And the lyrics, um, well, once again, yes, it's like I have uh, <laughs> whatever this, this uh, thought of purity and, and mysticism and... and 
everything that happens, you know, is in, in this case, talk about a lucid dream. So I kind of went to explore a bit because I had this conversation with Dan, the guitarist, about lucid dreaming. Uh, he went to a workshop and he was telling me about this workshop. So I was really intrigued. And then from our conversation, I started writing the lyrics and, and you know, just imagining, you know, what, what happens, you know, when you lucid dream. And so, yeah. and, and it turns out to be, obviously, the lyrics are a bit more complex. There is, um, uh, you know, a specific person. So going to find that person you loved and you find it, find that person again in your lucid dreaming. So, Yeah. It's funny, the uh, I'll make notes um, that when I'm interviewing someone, I'll just kind of let impressions be the guide in the sense of what my notes say. And I, I'm looking over at my note right now for Lucid Dream, and all I put down for that was, and I didn't put a question mark for some reason, Druid Influences. Because mm -hmm. it, it feels a little bit like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the uh, whole thing about, uh, uh, what is it, the bardism? of the Druids and the storytellers and all of that, but it has, it, it has this vibe. And I think part of that comes from the video as well. Yeah. It's, it has this vibe of, of Druidness and, and, and kind of an earthy quality, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. would, I, yeah. Would you agree that that's kind of something that's there? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, there are you know, several facets to the same, um, cube let's say so right. you want to put it that way so wherever you you turn it you see different yeah different things and um the thing about that video that i want you really it, that was the idea actually that that video is definitely an idea that i came up with this dress with this fringes yeah. and i was like that is definitely something i wanted to represent um how quickly you know Joe, just traveling through something that is so quick and fast and, and you cannot control exactly. And in fact, it's a losing gravity, so losing control, you just let it go. And so the dancing, let's call it dancing, the movements, okay, right. were fundamental. So I, I came up with this idea of, of actually, I made this fringes, I attached them to the dress and I, and I you know, I started moving and thinking, okay, this can go with the rhythm. That's great. Okay. So that was, you know, a lot of that was my idea. And this particular video, I had to right. say, running in the forest with the fairy lights and all the props that they did. I have at home anyway, so it's fairly easy. I open a drawer and, oh, okay, let's use this. Oh, let's use this. So my, my home, my little flat is very, very peculiar. There are plenty of flowers, um, plenty of, you know, things, let's say, and, and fairy lights all over. So, you know, in the evening it turns out to be a very magical, mystical place. Yeah, and I, I can see there's a good good stock of guitars too from what oh, I yeah, can yeah. see. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is okay look at this but then yeah. I guess the drums okay there is a drum kit here let me show oh you. my gosh uh just for people who are listening there there must be i don't know 12 okay. guitars hung on the wall and this is can you see the drum kit yeah, i can, can. and then the full yeah. drum kit sitting next to her so she can she can go yes. at it whenever she feels like it your, na exactly. your neighbors must love that at 2 a.m or 4 a.m right <laughs> Well, I'm lucky because um, there is a roof upstairs. I have no neighbors above. Right, right. And below there is a pub, and they're pretty noisy. So we exchange noises, let's say. Oh, you don't have to really worry about it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, in fact, in this specific flat, we managed to record the second album. 
Oh which wow! Is the previous one was recorded in this flat, and my and, and the guitarist flat. Uh, he used to live two floors above mine. Uh, he moved across the road now, so we're still neighbor. <laughs> but uh, our bass player managed to, because he's a sound engineer, managed to put the cables from my windows to uh, the guitarist's window upstairs. So I was literally recording with the band. That um, is so in, cool. In real time. I know, it is, it is. So, in fact, I think it's on our bio on the website. I'm pretty sure there is a, a, yeah, a story about, about how you, we recorded the previous album. Yeah. You must have been, while you were doing it, you must have mm. thought, this is the craziest cool thing ever. Like you are plugged into your guitar player through cables hung out the window upstairs. Yes. That's uh-huh. fantastic. That's real rock and roll there, baby. It is. It's like 70s rock and roll. Everyone was recording together. Um, not like now, you know, different things. But but that was the previous album. Now, the, the forthcoming album was recorded at uh, John, uh, you know, somewhere we're known for many years. We has a nice studio in a very, you know, like um, a unique studio in, in South London. And, um, you know, he's, he's also a friend. So once again, you know, we could uh, spend a bit of time there. Uh, recording the new album and we just didn't want to be bothered our bass player was started of being the sound engineer as well as the bass player and they said you know what <laughs> this time let's do this at John's and, and so we, we you know but also because meanwhile some rules have changed in my building so yeah we're still playing the drums but with some pads on because sometimes gotcha. we get some complaints so we got away with recording the second album and, but this one no we couldn't so just to make you guys feel at home at the studio, they made someone pull up a car and the guitar player had to sit outside in the car and play, you know, because it's like yeah. you had to be connected via cable to make the music yeah. happen. I'm teasing, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> well, I think it'd be great to uh, play Lucid Dreams so that people can hear what we've been talking about. Sure.
With all the guitars on the wall, does that make you a guitar player? No, really. I'm a singer. I was, I'm not a guitar player. Although I play, I just do kind of rhythm guitar. And yeah, I, 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 of course, I, I play, especially if I do solo gigs, I, I tend to play acoustic guitar. And uh, yeah. Right. But no, I consider myself a singer, really. So I, yeah, I kind of assume that maybe that you just really enjoy writing with a guitar. And then of course, yeah. each guitar has a different feel to it. So maybe mm -hmm. each song has a different guitar that you write on in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes the drums, I, I wrote a song on drums in terms that I started playing and a bit. I mean, I'm a, ba I'm a bad drummer, not a drummer, but I'm able to play some. some right. And, you know, so you'll start with a rhythm, basically, is yeah, what you're saying. So it, like, it happens. Sometimes it did happen for Electro, one of our tracks as well. Um, yeah, so it's, it's very handy to have uh, instruments, of course. I became yes. a singer because I can't play an instrument that well. I, I started on keyboards and then I played some uh -huh. bass. That was the only thing I kind of got good at. But there was always yeah. these guys and ladies that could play it so much better than me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I I'd, I'd sit there with a guitar and I'd, I'd be like, no, to a guy who can really play guitar or a lady who can really play guitar. And I'd be like, no, 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 like this, you know? And they're like, dude, you, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's. I know. I'm always very jealous about great guitars. No, I'm joking. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm like you. I appreciate so much. You know, musicians who are talented. And uh, I, as I said, I started playing guitar out of necessity because I, I play piano not very well in terms. Yeah, I'm able to accompany myself, but I'm not a right. piano player. But yeah, I can accompany myself on piano and, and guitar. But I'm so happy when someone else accompanies me. Yeah, me too. And it, it, the thing is, I, I learned enough to understand, like, um, you know, I, I, I know all the scales. I know, I understand how chords are structured. And it, so I had enough knowledge. It allowed me to actually write music and, and express mm. it to other people who play it better than me for me. Um, and it, it, it sounds like maybe you're, you're somewhere in the same place with that. Yeah, although, as I said, I, I was kind of almost forced to, to play and sing, you know, in, in a right. good way. Forced because because I do this um, 
and we have a system here where you can play on the underground in London. So uh, this this is one of the things I do. I give singing lessons, so I, I, I do that. Right. And I really right. enjoy teaching. And, and then I also do that underground. So I play acoustic guitar and sing, and that, you know, became a sort of a habit in a good way, though it kind of forced me, as I said, to learn better how to do things, you know, professionally, let's say. <laughs> but, yeah. But then, yeah. But then with the band, yeah, also with the band, it gives me a chance to jump jump around. If I'm not playing guitar, obviously I can interact better with the crowd. That's also another advantage of not playing. Well, it sounds like, too, you'd mentioned that you were a dancer as well as an actress. Uh, It sounds like you've, you've, well, I've managed all those things except the dancing aspect, although I have been in musicals where I've danced, but I still would not qualify myself as a person that understands it. My wife, in fact, used to be a dancer. And um, so I've been around, you know, those types of arts and I understand movement to some degree. I can clearly see in your videos that you understand movement. You were also a gymnast, is that correct? When I was a kid until I was 14, yes. <laughs> yeah. And in and it obviously that would help you with dance. Um, yeah, you, yeah you... I mean, I, I think um, in a way, yes. But then when I did contemporary dance, I had to relearn, I have to say, because gymnastics is completely different from uh, dancing in terms of... Uh, gymnastics, in gymnastics, you're a little bit... Uh, um, I, I guess more rigid. It, it sounds crazy because you're actually very flexible. More rigid. I mean, you're, you're talking about the actual movement. It's like the movement is. Yeah. Yes, it's different. Very different. So when I did contemporary dance, I had to relearn lots of things. Well, I think uh, I think uh, I noticed when my wife would take like Martha Graham classes. Oh, yeah, she, exactly. she would talk about the movement, like what you're saying exactly, mm-hmm. that there's there's a whole different movement and a nuance to it that you have to kind of retrain your body to do. Exactly. That's or else exactly. you're not going to be able to perform that particular style of dance. Yes, that's exactly it. But I also find that there is a big connection between dancing, in terms, especially contemporary dance and, and rock music. Right. Because there's right. lots of impro. <laughs> impro and, and like... A little detail in your body, your hands can drive the whole body. So when you write a song, it's the same. You know, a word can like lead to a whole song, or a phrasing can actually, or a riff. So when you do contemporary dance, uh, it's a similar thing. When you start, you know, improvising a movement with a foot, a foot can t- t- take you, you know, I don't know, anywhere. So there are very, you know, big similarities between dancing and, and composing music or, or, or singing itself. Yeah, I think, too, the reason I was bringing it up is because you mentioned that you um, kind of utilize your complete uh, ecosystem, your mm-hmm, personal, mm-hmm. your body. And saying your body is kind of limiting it, too, because it's it's like the internals and all of that. So I guess ecosystem makes sense. I just came up That's with that nice. myself. Like yeah, and, yeah. and I would also want to ask about the acting, because I'm going to try to get you to clarify how you integrate all of the, these tools that you've, you've mm. learned. And um, so where did you do acting and what kind of acting was it? Because okay. I mean, uh, I've, I've done tons and some of it can be like, you know, renegade, uh, you know, live in crowds. Some of it can be on the stage. So, so I guess mm-hmm. I just want to get an idea of where you come from as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, well, I did the school of drama um, in Italy, in Rome, and that was because I couldn't find anything that was more complete in terms of uh, my dream was, uh, you know, the New York's fame. Right. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it sounds like a joke, but in fact, no, I'm you're talking about Broadway. About, about yeah, about yeah. you know exactly about singing and dancing to everything. Uh, so I ended up doing that, which was mainly uh, more classical theater, Greek mm-hmm. theater, uh, that kind of. Stuff. I'm envious. I'm very really? envious. <laughs> yes, ma'am, I am. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think that's a great foundation for learning how to. Uh, let's say, be in space. So when you're in, in, in space on stage, so yeah, being on stage doing things and, you know, and, and acting roles, depending on what we were studying in school. Uh, so that was my main thing. And then I kind of worked uh, out of the school as well. But that was a, just a few months because then I changed my life completely. I did something completely, completely right. different. But I mean, I did you still... Yeah. You still you still had that to draw upon. You still had that. It's mm-hmm. part of staging. I, I'm sure that it you incorporate. Yeah, is. I think that the great thing that uh, you know you learn is like how to be on stage in, in terms of how to uh, manage the space because that's your space. So you're very aware of uh, where you are in space exactly, and and you know, and once again, you can then put yourself in in, in sort of uh, explorative mode. And then go beyond that spaces allocated to you on stage. And that's what I normally tend to do. You know, when I get off stage in the crowd and sing to someone's face or something. But that, that, that is, I have to say, that gave me the confidence to feel comfortable in space. Exactly. I would say that's what theory taught me. Yeah, I think it's, it's and again, I'm, I'm just trying to integrate this, this idea that you use all of your essence to create your art. So it really is more than just singing and it really is more than just writing music. It's, it's just this brilliant collective of, of things. And I think the thing that eventually I started to learn from all of my um, theatrical antics is about the idea that everything, even if it's naturalistic, it's still mm-hmm. like a presentation. It's still presentational in a way. And it, yeah. in a strange way, that's why I was saying I was envious of like, like my idea of what, what you would do in is is like um like I, one of my favorite things is the roman comedies like plautus and and things mm-hmm. of that nature so so i would imagine you guys as you go, grow up in that culture get to experience that a lot in, in seeing it and in opera i'm not i don't fully understand and probably don't fully appreciate it but it is wonderful when you see it but again it, that's very presentational mm, yes it is and, and it's kind of part of your national heritage in a way, I would assume, to understand that as a young person without even knowing you understand it. Probably. I'm not sure. I mean, in my family, my dad is an is opera lover. So that means that I would actually hear opera, you know, on, right. uh, on vinyl. So but I don't exactly know. It's not. I think, I think people always think about it. Of, um, the art and the culture, but that was something that's like more uh, related to the past. Unfortunately, nowadays, you know, it's not it's not like that. Um, I mean, cities are amazing. Like, you walk in the street, and then you see all these, um, uh, you know, ancient ruins and everything, and, and churches and Michelangelo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But but that belongs to the past, unfortunately. And, right. and so, it's not necessarily you don't get really to absorb that necessarily, especially if I'm, I'm from a little island. Of Tennessee, so I grew up on, uh, on an island and it wasn't any of this, let's say. Uh, so, yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, in general, yeah, you're right, obviously, yes. Well, I think, too, a part of what made me uh, bring that up is because of 
you seem to have this natural quality of drama in your voice mm-hmm. and, and a little bit in your overall presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that I'm just kind of seeing maybe if that's possibly part of it. It seems like it is to me. Possibly. Yeah. Partially. I'd say partially. It's also a matter of personality. But, but then right, I think, of course. Uh, I think artistically, it, it's nice to transform yourself. You know, it's, otherwise, it's a little bit boring. It can be a little bit boring. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I guess I, I can get, I, I like visuals in general. So I, I can, if I, you know, look at bands and there's lots of lots of stuff are very samey visually i think it's important to give something that goes beyond the sound beyond the music because it's it, emotions you once again you can uh, you know convey emotions through the whole package as, as you just said earlier um and i think it's important to make an effort because uh yeah because you want to give something very personal to people so yeah Whatever I absorbed, I tend to then give it back, filter through my own, obviously, personality experiences. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 interesting, too. I was thinking about, like, your videos as you were saying that. And I was thinking, you know, this is no knock on people who don't value doing videos. Um, because I'm sure there's musicians that are like, dude, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I just want to play my music. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a little like what I think you are, where I think the visual is somewhat important uh important i don't think i produce the most astounding videos uh, largely because of budget constraints because my ego would say (laughs) if i had all this money i'd be able to do this and it would be just amazing and of course everyone would plug in but i do feel it's it's important do you do you think video enhances your music or do you think that it's in parody with your music in other words it's just one in the same um, it's not imperative, but it enhances it for sure. It's not imperative, but uh, for this specific album, which is the new album, which hopefully you know will come out this year, if not beginning of twenty twenty two, not sure yet. Yeah, we've been jammed album, up on time frames with this whole COVID thing. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Complications. Exactly. For this specific album, I have this crazy idea that I'd like to have a video for each song. So I know it sounds crazy, but there are nine songs. And so I'm actually currently working on the video for uh, Love and Addiction, literally. And that that is completely, completely my idea in terms of whatever you're going to see is completely what I'm throwing in all these different things. Uh, But the good thing that I can do is because once again, we have a friend who's a musician, who's a great, you know, like editor. And he's been editing the past two videos you watched. So the Awake and the Lucid Dream videos. Um, so I spoke to him this time I did the other way around saying, okay, um, we have no director for this video. So I, I have these ideas and I started sending him ideas and I really liked them. So we started collaborating this way. Um, so he was sending me back, you know, his ideas, but yes, yeah, so we, we now have, um, everything ready to shoot in terms of the concept is ready. Let's say. It's a, it's a lot more work. I know that. Yeah. Um, it, but it's just, it, it did kind of answer my question in the sense of, mm-hmm. I, I have the sense of you that that they're they're kind of one and the same, and in a way, you're saying that's where you're headed. Like it, it, they are married to each other in in your realm, mm-hmm. if possible. I know video can be much more difficult to to mm-hmm. to make happen. I made a stupid rule with myself. I would do a song, and it had to have a video to it, right? And that so I release one song at a time because uh-huh. of the time frame it takes to actually produce a video, and they're not elaborate, but it's still excuse me it still takes 
time to conceptualize, to organize people, to make it happen. So I actually will have five songs stacked up, ready to go. And I'm like, Oh, okay, I got to do this. But to me, I look at it like they're kind of sapatico and they're kind of married to each other in the sense of like, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what I do. And it's, it's kind of an emerging way of thinking because a lot of, especially dealing with Pluto radio artists, they still think in terms, and I'm not saying it's wrong of like an album is 10 or 12 songs and I have to do 10 or 12 songs yet Mm -hmm. online people mostly only buy singles. Yep. So it's kind of a weird place that we're at. We're evolving into, Mm -hmm. I think we're evolving into new things, new creatures, the way we consume and the way, you know, music and art. Yeah. And I guess that's a really long winded question. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think you're right. Yeah. And the fact that we are consuming singles rather than full albums, it's changed completely the perception of a single. So before you would release two or three singles and then a full album. And now, you know, people tend to release one single after the other. So definitely, yes. And I think um, that's part what makes doing a video more important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because of the way that, that audiences are consuming art, in this case, audio art, I think that it's, it's like, well, how do, you, how do you rise above with what you're doing? And, it, and especially in your case, because you do understand visuals, it's kind of a waste if you don't make them both happen at the same yeah. time, I, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, um, but it's also fun. You know, it's a lot of work, but it is. I'm super excited, for instance, I came out with this concept and, and to see that, you know, we're working on it. I mean, and then we'll start shooting next week. But it's all going to be literally, I, if I told you, I mean, there's no time to tell you the details. But it, right. I, I'm utilizing all the, the, the things that you, you have at home or, or, you know, something I found in the street, this amazing roll of thick, paper which is all uh like sparkling red so it's like oh great that inspired me thinking okay i'm gonna sing that so i I started constructing you know the thing and because of the lyrics obviously i had this concept in mind um so yeah it is exciting it's a lot of work but it's it i think the music deserves that exactly because of what's Uh, emerging i I think i think because of what what's emerging right now that that's Mm -hmm. it's just for people like you that that are visual as well as audio Mm -hmm. it's it just only makes sense i think if you can do it yeah yeah yeah, definitely and then funny enough like uh speaking of videos i was in new york um well last time because of the pandemic i I tend to go there once a year and um september october so i spent quite a long time there so I, I shot something with uh, with a friend on an iPhone, in fact, for a ballad. Because you know, once again, I I bought this dress, particular dress in um, uh, New Orleans. Then I went back to New York. Then I spoke to this friend of mine. I said, "Hey, do you want to shoot this? Like, an iPhone will be good enough." Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So we went on the High Line and we shot this footage. So that footage is there. So I can't wait for that right. footage to be edited. Of course. So, you know, I, I tend to think, as you say, I associate images to songs and to things. And so, yeah, it, 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 I think it's the way to do it. And um, yeah. yeah. And the, the beauty is, too, that that, you know, video can be especially music videos because the way people have shot through years and reality TV and reality shows, mm-hmm. lo-fi, lo-fi visuals for rock and roll in particular or EDM or even rap, you know, it's, it's not offensive to the eye. All of a sudden, in fact, it looks cool because Mm -hmm. it is, you know, uh, 
you know, sometimes cell phone video can be more compelling than something that's high end is, is what yes. I'm suggesting. I um, agree. Yeah. And it's exciting that way, but again, it does take a song and it turns it into a lot more time than mm -hmm. just doing the song. But, um, it is, it is funny when you were talking, I thought you were talking about like stuff around the house. And I remember this one video music video I did, it was kind of this Americana country rock thing. And I talked to my wife into being this, uh, this lady, it was, it was a song about how this guy's wife, it was a country song about a guy's wife who kind of drives him nuts and doesn't really appreciate him. So I talked to my lovely wife into being this, you know, curler wearing kind of, um, heavy-handed woman who's who's a little abusive to me and it was just so much fun to do and mm -hmm. in in some ways it was one of the videos that ended up getting more it was kind of just a fun video I wanted to do it that way yeah. but ultimately I, I we ended up getting more responses from a lot of people from that than the yeah. things that I thought out and sat down and said no this is art and this is going to be this and it's just funny how video interacts with people mm-hmm mm -hmm. And as an artist, you realize pretty quickly, you don't really have control of the reactions per se. You can kind of guide it and more times not, maybe you're right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it does become its own thing too. Haven't you found that yes. to be true? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, funny thing. Cause uh, yeah, because we are like doing things independently uh, in the past, we would have never released uh, a single without the video in terms of the video would have been released about the same time. Right. And this time I said, you know what? I don't care when it's ready, it's ready. So <laughs> I think that's brilliant. To release the video uh, probably is going to be um, mid May or end of May, which would have been by then it would have been like probably one month and a half, let's say exactly. Right. We released the audio, but it doesn't matter. We did the same thing for Lucid Dreams. So we released the audio in uh, November and then two months later, actually, yes, we released the video because right. we weren't ready and because, you know, we took our time. But that gave uh, a chance to people who never heard the song exactly. to actually hear the song and watch it. So it's, it's once again, you kind of, yeah, bring I attention think, to that. I, I so. think that's exactly kind of what I'm talking about in the sense that, um, it's an emerging world and there's really no rules. And if you can, yeah. and kudos to you, because it sounds like you're there. If you can get rid of these, these preconceived ideas about what music and bands are supposed to be, yeah. then yeah. in theory, you're going to float in a place that is exciting because people will be mm -hmm. like, I mean, I don't think people overthink it. It's like, I just come across a song. I dig this song. I, Oh, this is a good video. I think mm -hmm. we overthink it because of yeah. the importance the importance and the time in life we've spent trying to understand how to express ourselves and, mm -hmm. you know, and, but I think it's cool where it sounds like you're just like, damn, I don't have to follow these conventions. Yes. In fact, I'm a rock star. So why should I bother with conventions? Well, <laughs> rock star sounds really funny to me, but yeah. Well, I've, I told you at the beginning, I, that's what I was going to call you the rock star. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. I'll take it. Fine. You'll take, you're going to get used to it now. Now, a year from now, two years from now, you'll have to, you'll go, man, I got to thank John. He got me used to being called, yes. Hey, rock star. Now everyone else, Hey, you got to call me rock star. <laughs> exactly. I like it. Like John did. Exactly. Oh, okay. I'm digging it. Hey, what, but, what's, yeah. what song would you like uh, to put on the podcast? Uh, uh, well, your whole catalog. Well, I guess love and addiction. <laughs> All right. You know, it's funny. That's the one that's written down right there. John yeah. wrote that one down. Uh -huh. Well, I'm going to put that on right now then.
That's that's the new song, right? Yes, yes. It just came out last week. And where can one of the things that we have to take time to do is mm-hmm. just to clearly establish where people can find you and your music. Okay. Uh, well, the easiest way is just to type in Grace Solero, and that's uh, G R A C E S O L E R O. 
And that's literally everything is gracesolero.com. That's the website. You find links to everywhere. Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. And I think that's it. And YouTube, of course. So yeah, it's, it's the same. Or if you go straight to YouTube, you type in Grace Solero. There is, uh, you know, all the stuff that we've uh, put out so far. So yeah. That's fantastic. And you know, it's funny. I, I, I was worried I would, might have mispronounced your last name when I <laughs> pronounce it. But no. I feel much better now. I think I got it right more times oh, than good. not. But I thought, I, I, I guess I didn't know you were and So I thought, well, is it like some, you know, Eastern block type name that I just, I'm, there's some <laughs> odd pronunciation to, because I got Renaud as the last name, which. Yeah, you know, is it French? Yeah. So the French would say Renaud and, and, you know, it's always a thing. Cause I always forget I'm dealing with Europeans uh, mm-hmm. because of, because of the, being able to call up and do these interviews that mm-hmm. you guys tend to know how to say things that we don't know how to say. So no one, most, no one in America says the French mm-hmm. pronunciation of that. Oh yeah. I know. Cause our guitarist is a French Canadian. His surname. Oh, is that's, French. that's us. Yeah. That's me. Bolloria. French people would say Bolloria, but yeah. I said Bolloria. So yeah. Yes. And I imagine because you speak, and it's a little easier for you to do the French accents. Oh, yes. Oui. No. Yeah, look at that. Oui, <laughs> chérie. That's <laughs> lovely. I, I, studied, I studied French in school. I studied nice. French in school. But, um, yeah, that, that's all, really. But then it's funny because normally I wouldn't tell people I'm because I always like to keep the mystery. The mystery. Well, I'm sorry I cracked now, that. You kind of, oh, no, you kind of got me to say that. Yeah. Oh, do you want oh, me to just no. to blot? You want me to blot all that out when yes. when it comes up in the podcast? <laughs> you'll you'll go well. I'm but it'll just beep. Yes, I'll beep, beep it. I'll beep, beep. it. Yeah. Done deal. Keep, let's I'll keep do that. Beep. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll do that for sure. That's fun. Yay! Let's do that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you mm. was um, because I don't understand this coming from America. Like I will travel from state to state, and there is difference in regional. Uh, Americans culture. I mean, it it will vary greatly, say from Detroit to Louisiana, even though they're both cities that are um, New Orleans, rather, they're both cities that were settled by the French. They have kind of a Mm -hmm. similar, but the culture is quite different. So when you, um, obviously you, you, you went to London, there was probably a little bit of, of cultural differences between London, but then you play through Europe so you guys play through different countries with, with some of them have exceedingly different cultures. Do you find like that rock, the music you do in rock and roll, I mean, they're showing up for you. So chances are they're loving you, but do you find that it, the music does, it is what makes it doesn't matter. There's no cultural differences or is it weird going from one country to another and playing your vibe? I think um, certain countries actually. Um, you don't have seem- to name names. Yeah, okay, let's do next. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Um, certain countries seem to understand, well, understand is a bad word for music. Let's say receive the music uh, with open, uh, yes. and open hearts, exactly. So, um, yes, they're more receptive to what we do, I have to say. And probably England is not, for rock music, it's not the best place, in fact. So we've been told... Right. And, and, and when we play gigs uh, in the UK, um, I guess, yes, yeah, certain areas are more receptive to rock music and others are more like punk. And don't forget that London in particular is like, it's all about, I mean, punk, 
did a big job of um, you know spreading the punk culture. So London in particular, there's lots of punk uh, right. still. Um, so yeah, rock is a bit um, something that falls between the cracks a little bit. Um, well, for you too, because you're not playing dissident music, which punk mm, would maybe qualify mm, for. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, uh, we're here to play, and they're like, no, oh, man, give us the punk, you know, or whatever, whatever, yes. however they scream out for it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but no, in Europe, well, they, they well, they have different ways of showing appreciation. I say, um, in England, they un, un, unless people are pretty, you know, culturally, I mean, they're pretty very respectful, and also they they kind of don't tend to show too much you know you never hear unless they're drunk and then they yeah. liberate themselves and they say <laughs> they tend to be kind of um yeah but, but less warm in terms of reaction sometimes it's not always well true, i've heard but... that about like the scandinavian countries okay um where they're a little well, less unless they're drinking they're they're more much yes. more reserved yeah that's the thing exactly it's not that didn't yeah well we play in norway that was um that was nice um yeah, I mean, I have a good memory there, but but I think it's a little bit, yeah, probably Latin culture is the most expressive in terms of uh, showing, as I said, uh, emotions, and so clapping and ah, screaming or whatever. But right. um, it's okay, you know, we're we're content anyway. <laughs> well, that is we <laughs> that is fantastic. It's been lovely speaking with you. I thank you so much for oh. agreeing to do this. I finally got thank to talk you. to a rock star. Oh, thank you. Yeah, see, I'm going to make you so used to that. You're going to be a rock star now. <laughs> okay, fine. But thank, thank you very much for coming on the show. No, thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. I didn't expect to talk about, you know, spirituality and that kind of stuff, which um, is something I really, you know, kind of feel. Well, I feel it in your life. musical vibe, actually. Yes, yes. So thank you. Hmm. You're welcome. Hey there, this is John. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival at the CEF Top World. I also want to say, hey, thanks, Grace, for being on the show. Mm-hmm.